0: And welcome to another episode of the New England Moto Show. I want to thank everybody for all the positive feedback on the last show with Cody Williams. Cody did an awesome job. Um, if you guys want to give some feedback, follow the show at New England Moto on Instagram. Send me a direct message. Um, I take everything into consideration. I mean, so far I've heard a lot of positive stuff, so really appreciate it. Um, Cody killed it, told some really good stories. Um, so I knew I had to get another good show lined up to uh, follow that one up because Cody's a bit of a tough act to follow. So um, pretty excited about tonight. Uh, Before we get going here, Aaron Cronin has a new single out with Mike Ennis uh, called Leaving It Behind. Uh, Aaron Cronin is the man behind our intro. For those of you who don't know, Um, this is a really good tune. If he gets a copy of it to me in time, I'm going to close the show with it. I'm going to tack it on to the end of the show so you guys can – get a little bit of a listen to it. Follow him on SoundCloud, Aaron Cronin, and on Instagram, Cronin underscore Aaron. Um, you won't regret it. Give that song a listen. He supports the show, so we need to support him. Um, unless you're a communist, in which case, I guess that's okay, but you can't listen to my show and you need to leave the country. So uh, go listen to Aaron's Aaron's song right now. Um, well, in an hour and a half, once this show is over. Go listen, Aaron. Uh, Sitting here with me today, the guy who's going to have to uh, follow the act of Cody Williams, uh, longtime New England pro rider, uh, qualified for a slew of nationals from the mid-90s up until I think 06 was his last attempt, Uh, even gave some factory boys some headaches at Southwick. We'll get into that. Um, It's the number 819, Ben Asaph. What's going on, Ben? How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. All right. Um, Ben's got his hand into a lot of stuff. Uh, He gave me a tour of his facility up here, and and, uh, I'm pretty surprised at all the things he's got going on. He's currently a WPS rep, um, has an ice cream truck, owns a bunch of plots of land. Uh, I got stressed out just seeing what he's got going on, so I can't even imagine. He is a busy guy. Seven days a week, it never stops for Ben. Um, Ben, you're not not riding currently anymore? Is that... Nope. This is the first year I have not ridden off-road. You haven't ridden at all. Um, you had what? An 08 Honda, 07 Honda?
1: Yeah, 07 Honda 450 was my last
0: bike. Yeah, rode up until the up until this year. Didn't didn't ride at all this year. Um, well that that's interesting. Um why is that is it is it something Were you burnt out on the sport were you too busy with everything you've got going on here or what what kind of caused the step away uh too busy with everything going on uh can't afford to get hurt uh,
1: definitely need to be using all my fingers and toes so to speak and um i've done it a long long time and at a certain point your body's telling you you better uh kick it down a notch i can still run i can still do push-ups and operate normally except for my knees cracking going up the stairs every <laughs> every time I, I uh, attempt stairs but it was uh, it was time to back away from riding.
0: All right. Well, hey, I guess it, I guess it's got to happen eventually. Although you're not very old. What are you? 40? 43. 43. Okay. Um well, you, you had a long career like you said. Um how far back does it go? When did you let's get in the time machine and go back. When did you start riding where did dirt bike start for Ben Essa um i
1: had a z50 passed down from both my older brothers and that was around 5 or 6 years old when i first started riding and i have ridden ever since so that would have been what year oh boy
0: so around 79 or 80. 80, okay. The Z50, which most people of your generation started on. You, you might have missed it. It was a yellow one inside the garage. I, I did miss it.
1: That's, is it. Is it the same bike? It's not the, it? it's not the exact same bike, but the same uh, year and model. Uh, Carol and I found it down in New Jersey. We left here at four o'clock, uh, never shut the car off, went down, picked it up, and uh, came right home.
0: Really? What time did you get home? Do you remember?
1: Uh, two or three in the morning. We had, we had a nice steak dinner in New York at at, uh, at McDonald's.
0: <laughs> All for a Z50. All for a Z50. I love it. I love it. All right, so you start riding on the Z50. Did you ever race that bike, or did you just kind of cruise around the house with it? Nope. I had an open face bell helmet, a stretch chain, and I used to siphon gas out of my mom's Toyota Corolla to ride. <laughs> yes yeah that's that's cool humble beginnings man um when did when did racing become become a part of it oh uh, 1989 so quite a ways after really so how so in 89 how old would you have been when you started racing uh, So 15 years old 15 okay on, a, on an rm 88 rm80 okay another another guy who started at 15 and got really really fast see i was complaining to cody williams last show I started at 15 and never got fast and blamed it on the fact that I started at 15. But you and Cody both are professional-level riders and started at 15. So there goes my excuse, twice in a row, just taking me down. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, so 88 RM80, you said? Yeah. Um, you started racing NESC stuff, or was it local track? NESC. NESC, okay. So ADC? Yep. Or did they have yep, classes they back then like that? Yep. ADC okay. at South Park. Okay. Gotcha. First race was at Southwick? First race was at Southwick. Oh, a trial by fire. Had, had you practiced there before, or did you just go race there? I went there once to watch a race, and the next time I went there, I raced. Really? How'd you, do you remember how you did? Um, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... You got good fast though. So, the, so 89, right? Was that was your uh, first year racing? So, when did you move up to a big bike? Not, was it the next year, 90? Uh, no, my second race. I borrowed an 83 RM125, and I
1: believe my second race was on that bike, and I didn't do very well either. No. <laughs> so you were C class right through 89, and then Eight, yeah, 89. I just raced a few times. Um, 90, I think of this. 90. I raced a few times again. Um, my bike blew up it was actually blown up for a while didn't know things about like air cleaners and things like that so that I took a crank out on that bike and it sat for a while till 91 and I had the 83 RM125 too and then I sold uh, both those bikes actually the guy had given me the 83 a buddy of mine Jimmy Price that got me into racing um, sold both those and I bought a 91 RM125 new
0: from the former SkyCycle. Okay, 91, 91. Okay. Um, it, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, the early 90s Suzukis were not the best motorcycle out there. Was that, is that uh, No, those are actually good. 89, they, 89, 90, 91 they were good. 88 they were they were awful. Okay. All right, that's the funny thing about bikes back then is year to year they'd go from being terrible to great, back to terrible. You know, so, yeah, there's a lot there to remember. So so that was a good bite. So brand new 91RM. Were you still in the C class at this point? Yep. Okay. I went from, um,
1: I won a, they used to have a beginner juniors championship in NESC, and I won that in 91. So I went from C to youth A in half a
0: season. Really? Yeah. That was, so you won the title in 91, the C title? It was actually a CB title. So they called it beginner and juniors then instead of, like A, B, or C. Okay. All right. So you won the C V title yep. in 91, which was your first full year racing. Yes. Cody does stuff like that, too. I, I don't understand the level of talent that you and him have. In my first year racing, dude, I was last all year. It took me it, it took me a while to start winning. Um, that's just... I guess some people are just built for it. Um, so, so you won the title. So you were forced to the A class in 92.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, halfway through um 91 but my bike was so beat by that time that i basically raced half the season and then that was about it that year my bike was um so yeah you... it sucked a crank a stator
0: it just was it was it was whipped was it lack of maintenance still with with the air filters and stuff oh or was no it just riding no, it no i rode the wheels off of it the, i I don't know, seven or
1: eight cracks in the frame I, oh, took a sta- I took a stator a crank yeah she was
0: tired wow so you won the title in half a season yeah, yeah, I used to go like um, spring and fall series. Oh, okay, so yeah. So I yeah. won the
1: spring series. So you won the
0: spring series, didn't race the fall series. Yeah, correct. Okay. A so you few A races, but um, not much. So you went. How was that transition going from the C class, well CD, I guess, right up to the A class in one season? Like, um, I don't know. I mean, that was my life, so um, it it wasn't too too bad.
1: Wasn't, really wasn't bad. So
0: you went from okay, '91. You're in the A class already in your first full season. Who were the heavy hitters back then? Oh, there was Adam Dupont, uh, Jeff DeBellis, I
1: um, who else? Lashway brothers, um,
0: Ron Tipple.
1: That's that I can think of.
0: Okay, so this would have been slightly after John Dowd would have been raised in A, right? I mean, he was he was pro by this point. Well, '91, he won Hangtown National. Okay. So he was he was already moved on by yeah. this point. Um, so so you're in the A-Class 91, so we, we go into 92. Did you get a, a new bike, or did you repair yep. the bike you had? No, or? I
1: got a 92 KX125, and I uh, rode that just a little bit, not a whole ton. And I believe in there I jumped up to a 252. I'm pretty sure I had a 90 RM250 in that range, because I, I had the Cowboy
0: ca- a short, short time. Okay. All right, so you only you only own the Cowey for a little bit.
1: Yeah, for a little bit.
0: Okay, and then up to 250A. So Well, I was still running, then I was right back. You know,
1: then when you jump up to amateur, because 250 in youth, you could only ride a 125. So then I jumped up to uh, 250B in 92, 93. 93, I had Hondas, I had two CR 250s, and then that was the year I graduated high school. I didn't ride very much, honestly. You know. Um,
0: just not super focused at all that year yeah I don't I wasn't my senior year of high school either I was, <laughs> not, focused. Not, I was focused not on necessarily as much on dirt bike
1: yeah not on drinking or really doing I just wasn't that crazy into it I'm not sure why but really yeah, yeah. I, I mean I had two bikes I had a race and a practice and my race bike had two hours on it when I sold it
0: really so did you you weren't racing full seasons then you were no, just not doing a all. couple of races oh here and yeah there. I
1: was pit jumping and you
0: know, it's just still having some fun with it, but not not serious at all. Gotcha. Okay, so, '93 you were kind of not really into it. '94 did you get back rolling with it? '94 I got two RM125s. Um, two yeah.
1: '94 is crazy. I had two ninety. I had two '94 RM125, so I was doing 125 amateur. Then I bought a uh, used '92 RM250, and I started racing. Um. Both classes,
0: Uh, I've made expert on that 92. So back then there was a youth, a youth BC, and then a youth expert, and then you move, and then there was a. Then there's the regular for adults for age wise, yeah. Gotcha. So it was like 18 plus. Is that what? um yeah or size of the bike okay all right so so you so now you're an amateur in the in the men's class yeah essentially okay. I, i've
1: i've i think youth went up to 15 and i was 16 well actually i was 18 18 or 19 then so yeah 18 or 19 so.
0: so okay so you you were you were hard into it then so this was 94 94 i was full on and then i made expert at
1: middleborough on that rm 250 i was I, I did much better on big bikes and I won that by, like, 30 seconds over second place. And then um, made expert, like I say, at Middleborough that year.
0: Okay. So were you racing for titles then or points? So did you just... No, nah, I was just racing. Just racing, racing everywhere. Gotta make expert. Yep. So any straight NESC. Yep. Yeah. And that, and my first number was 419, and
1: I was still 419 up to that point. Okay. All
0: right. In, in NESC. Gotcha. All right. So you were 419, made expert halfway through 94. How did you get your... Row license back then? What was it? What, what did you have to do? Was it like today where you have to accumulate uh, no. points in the A class? No. So not. So then that same year, 94, I went to
1: a YZ. I bought a new YZ 250 uh, and raced that in Expert. So as soon as I made Expert halfway through, I continued racing that year. So I raced the rest of 94 as an Expert. And then I got CRs at the end of the year. So I went from RM 125, <laughs> RM 250, YZ 250 to 295. CR 250s. Maybe I started with one at that. So I raced a pile, slew of different bikes that year. And then 95 I I rode out of Manchester Honda and I had a '90, I had 295 CR 250s and I had a used 95 CR 125. So I was racing um, A-class in 125s and 250s and that's the same year. Um, when Southwick came around to get my pro license, basically Andy C was the dir- uh, the executive director of NESC, so you had to take your AMA form and he signed off on it that you were uh, in fact an a, a, uh, NESC expert. And then
0: that's how they issued. It was not that crap. It was that it. simple then. Yeah, so, you'd have to do that bullshit so, with all this other stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So basically, you just had to get a guy to vouch for you. you well, the... yeah, I mean, he was the
1: head of it. I mean, he was the man. Like yep. When when I made expert, people came up, congratulated me, shook my hand. It was uh, It was one of the biggest accomplishments of my life was making expert really it was that hard with that many guys and it was that stacked that when you made expert you were like put on a pedestal wow. and, and he used to call it his experts so when you made expert it was something it was, he made that so friggin' special that that was a huge accomplishment not like today not like 10 years ago but when you made expert people it, it was a huge—I had, I had multiple people shaking my hand congratulating me. And when you had white plates, you were his experts, and you went to the front of the line. And he, he treated you like shit if you were a C rider or a B rider to make you want to work your balls off to make a—
0: Come on, really? It was awesome. Man, those are the days, huh? That's, that's pretty cool. It was full gates. It was a whole different world. So as soon as you made expert, you were eligible to race pro?
1: Yes, I mean I made expert pass Southwick, and that's all I really knew or cared about at that point. Okay. So I just kept racing, um, which honestly I needed to gain more speed because, you know, my first expert practice. I mean I know Scott Carter went by me like I was tied to a pole, so <laughs> it, it was time to go back to the drawing board and start, uh, you know, working your ass off to, to, to push it to the next level.
0: So you did you were you friends with Scott Carter back then, or did you just? Not at you all. just knew him. no okay. oh, I just knew, no, I just knew, knew of it knew because you're on the same track. Uh, that. Right, okay. Yeah, because he was he was really good. I mean, I believe he had top ten finishes at Southwick. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. He was solid.
0: Um so this was you said ninety four. Yeah. So then okay. ninety five on Honda's I
1: um got my pro license and raced Southwick.
0: Okay. Did you do any SC up until that point? Yeah, absolutely. I raced every every race. How were you finishing in the expert class in NESC? Oh, geez, that, that I'm not...
1: I'm um, top 10.
0: Top 10, okay. Yep. So you were a solid expert, because back then, there was 40 rider Gates, yeah. right? So oh, yeah. it was the extra class was packed. Yeah. And they were serious dudes back then. Oh, yeah. um, so, okay, so then Southwick National rolls around in 1995. Um, made it right in. You made it? Come made, on, made really? Made it
1: right in. It was easy. First qualifier... Made it in, pushed out the factory KTM riders. Um, they didn't even qualify that day. There was two of them. I forget their names. I um, actually heard that
0: story. <laughs> I've heard that story before, how they didn't qualify. Yeah, they didn't even qualify, and they were in my qualifiers. It was easy. So I back just... then, there was no time practices, no, it was it was for those that people bullshit. that don't know. It was real racist. It was racist. Yeah, So, so gate drops. How were you? how was your gate pick determined, or were you seeded in? Was there different practices? Uh, or... When you go through tech inspection uh, through AMA, you basically you know write down all your
1: sponsors, all your stuff, and then... Um, they would tech your bike, so they would check and make sure, you know, obviously if you're at this level and your brake lever's falling off, you, you better figure something out. But they would uh, just do a light inspection, spokes, whatever, on your bike, make sure your bike was, was you know, safe to operate. And then you picked out a lottery. So you stuck your hand in a coffee can or in a cup, and you pulled out a number, and whatever your number was determined your gate pick.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so somebody like Doug Henry would – pick from the same hat for his unless movement. unless you were top 10 in points and
1: then you didn't then you just went as you were seed or in championship standings.
0: Okay, so the the guy in first in points lined up first for the qualifier. Yes, up to 10th
1: and then past that it was everybody picked out of a picked out, but but keep in mind there was also 120
0: riders going for a national. Wow. So did they have they had three qualifying races then? Yes, they um and then an LCQ. Yes,
1: but I th- they have pre-qualifiers. They used to have pre-qualifiers, so you actually had to race before to be able to, to, to be, get into that 120 rider. Well, the, it was the 120, and then I think they put it down to 80, so they would get rid of 40 riders, or you know, if it was 129, 49 riders, they would you'd have to go through pre-qualifying to get to there, and then you were um then you're on the gates for the for the for the main. The top 10 were seated, so basically, then I believe. I believe it was 80 down to 30 because of the top 10 were seated. Well, actually, it'd be, it would be 70 because it, you know, out of that 80, the top
0: 10 were already in there. Okay. So, seven, so 70 fighting for 30 spots. Okay. And you, no problem, just got right no, in? No, got right there, fifth e- or sixth or something. You got fifth in the, yeah. in the qualifying race? Yeah, it was easy. That is insane. So, and this is back when Southwick was a little sandier then. Oh, it was awesome. Um, well, I guess a lot sandier. Um, so... The pros would kind of be scratching their heads. Like, maybe not the top guys, but a lot of the guys who were doing the whole circuit were oh, yeah. kind of scratching their heads. And then the locals would come in and... Yeah, it was Talladega. It was big berms and fast and no breaking bumps and just pin it to win it. That's awesome. So you you had done a ton of racing at Southwick already at that point. So yeah. you qualified right in. Do you remember... Were you nervous? I mean, do you remember kind of... Well, I'll tell you a funny story. So this is how naive I was and young I was.
1: So I was doing the parade lap and uh and the crowd's going freaking crazy he's going nuts and i'm like wow i, I mean I, I thought i was the shit i thought I was really badass and by the amount of fans i have here is unbelievable but jeremy mcgrath was right in front of me as i was <laughs> as i was going so i had to pass him on the parade lap but that was that was my humbling parade lap story um just and everyone's obviously going nuts because of him he was factory on a ride You, then, you thought you were getting yeah shipped. i thought it was for me but yeah, <laughs> that kind of sucked it was the grass that's but, funny but it was awesome i mean that was the ryan hughes days and there was uh you know greg alberton i'm pretty sure he was there and you, you know you just sit down there's espn cameras i mean it was you take your local track that you're used to x amount of people there and when you go there and there's tv crews and all kinds of crazy stuff it's it's like new york city you know it's like it, you're just sitting on the, the starting line. It's almost surreal because you're just looking around. And it's like, wow, you know, it, it, it was it was it was it was
0: badass. Very that's, cool. That's cool. Yeah, so, so cool. you were more like pumped than nervous.
1: Yeah, I mean, once the gate drops, you you put all of that out. You don't even you don't even focus one bit on that. You're just your are man machine on the track. That's awesome.
0: Good deal. Do you remember how you finished?
1: Uh, twenty twenty seven twenty three.
0: Okay, so Pretty you almost sure. scored points. Yeah. Now were, were the thirty-minute motos tough on you, or, oh, or was, yeah. Yeah, was that's what it
1: was? Thirty and twos.
0: Yeah. So you had the speed, just got tired. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, it, it was. Uh, yeah, it was really. It was solid for sure. Mm. Uh, I I did certainly better than I would have expected, but I guess I had no
0: expectations. I just went out and rode and rode as hard as I could, and and that was it. Did you follow the pros a lot back then? So was it like? Did you look over and see Jeremy McGrath and freak out? Not at all really no you didn't care no nope. threw that guy on the factory on it oh you both eat with a fork you didn't even care that's funny uh, okay so so 95 you qualified right in for your first national now were you thinking then that you wanted to make a living at this or were you just um trying to do it yeah well as I kind I mean yeah
1: I was just racing that was my life it's all I did I raced I rode I practiced I lived it that's what I did I didn't do anything else did you want to be one of those guys like what you know. Yeah, I guess so. I mean that's everyone's dream. So I'm um, I mean I, I guess I was realistic in it, but un- you know, I don't know, I just did it. It was just my life. It wasn't really a, a set thing. I had no plan. It was just it was work during the week and, and race on weekends and work on your bikes on Saturdays and in between and practice Tuesdays, Thursdays and
0: try to run and mountain bike and it was just a lifestyle. Really? Gee, that's you guys are so much more badass than we are today. It's not even funny. Like, okay. you're just over there. Yeah, I just qualified in. Yeah. You know, where you, you know, you listen to someone my age talk and about, you know, they just there's all these excuses and it has no excuses. <laughs> you just
1: I mean, I mean, trust me. I, I definitely have bad races, but there's no excuses. Just just it's what
0: you love, is what you did. So so you were so this year you were doing like top 10 NESC. Is it like yeah. on a on a local level? That's yeah. kind of how you were finishing. Yep. So you weren't winning at the expert level at this point? No. no. Okay. That that's goes to show how fast New England riders and the the level of competition is or or was in New England. It's insane. It's insane. Mm. Yeah. You you you, you know, you, typically today if a guy qualifies into a national, he's winning everything at the local level. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. Those were the days. So so ninety going into '96, were you still on Hondas? Were yep, you? Yep. No, it was on. Still full steam ahead, serious about
1: it. Yep. Yep. I mean, um, I had two. I got no. I did. I had a Manchester Honda. Had a '96 CR125, and then I had two CR250s. Were you getting these bikes for free or buying them? Buying them. Buying them. Okay. Yep. And then um, I raced NESC. I bought a, one of my 250s was used, and and yeah, you're scraping pennies to race and everything else. So I, I actually had gone down to Maryland to Bud's Creek. I, I had bought a box van, so that was my only, I bought a brand new box van out of Rodman Ford. And that, I built a like a small sleeping area. And my brother and I went to uh, Bud's Creek in Maryland that year. And it was, it was 100 degrees. I mean, we the first night we stayed in the van, it was awful. It was a sweatshop. It was in the, the next night we got a hotel, but... <laughs> I, I use I you know in the humidity so much and the guy I bought the bike from it was my fault. I didn't even check the jet and He put this monster main in it, so when I was at you know during qualifying, my bike completely bogged, and uh, that that wasn't a good race down there.
0: And, and, no. So this is the national. You're this is the bike. national. So you yeah. weren't able to get it done there. I with, didn't get it done. did the the Southwick, I did, but not above. So you qualified for Southwick in '96 as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember how you did? Mm, no, not as well as the first year. I don't believe. Okay. All right, you were, so you were the number eight nineteen at this point, yeah. Do, during so
1: then in '95, I went to nineteen in uh, NESC, and then nationals was eight nineteen, and yeah, for a few yeah, okay. yeah, I was still I was still eight nineteen. Yeah.
0: So, so we you, had your finishes improved NESC in '96. Were you getting closer to the front in local racing. Yeah, I mean it was all it was all in that range.
1: You know, I don't know exactly if it was crazy because was, you know solid competition, but
0: um definitely solid okay good deal so um rolling right through 97 this is this is the year that i got into motocross was 97 i was six years old um (laughs) which makes you laugh um so i was a huge Ricky carmichael fan right from the start Mm -hmm. Um, I loved his bike. That's actually what it came down to. I thought those Splitfire Pro Circuit bikes were so sick. I built one. I I don't know if you ever saw it. it. Yeah, Yeah, a couple years ago, I I built one uh, replica. Um, The green frame, the big spark plug on the side shroud. I just thought they were the coolest things ever. So this is when I got into motocross. And it's so cool to me that you were racing pro at this time. Because this is, I just view the late 90s, early 2000s as kind of the golden years. Because that's really when I remember racing just being awesome um so you were did you do buds and southwick in
1: 97 so 96 i was racing and i was sleeping in my van racing double days in maine um racing two classes working on my own bike um by so myself was
0: there money in that so were you were you actually making money racing or what, was it you never make money in racing you lose less money yeah, in, yeah. In, in racing so um so th-
1: this guy he had this company called will Fab and a bunch of guys around boston will know what that is um, he made computer tables, and, his, and both his kids in into racing, and they um, would show up to the races. They had this old motor home and show up and saw me uh, busted my ass, and I became, became friendly with them. And I would ride at this track called Wilthab, um, you know, it was off 93 uh, towards Boston in Wilmington, Mass. So we would ride there, and, you know, a fair amount of people would actually ride there. And in 90, end of 96, you know, we stayed in touch. We went to Buds Creek for just a local race um, after the 96 season. And then during, between 96 and 97, he, the, the kid Josh Winchell, made expert and his parents wanted him to do all the nationals. Well, I was clean cut, um, you know, no drinking, no anything, completely um, straight laced and, and busting my ass. And they gave me a ride for all 97 to race all the 250 Nationals across the country.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you had a, so it was, it was
1: Boxman, but you had bikes and stuff given to you? Well, I, well, I was in a box Boxman that was my own. They bought a brand-new 34-foot Southwind Storm, and they had a 20-foot trailer all painted the same. So we basically put six bikes, three mountain bikes, fuel cans, riding gear, and Josh, myself, and Scott Carter... Um, you know, Scott got offered the ride as well, and they paid all entries, all food. Um, I had to come up with bikes and parts, and past that, they paid for everything. So. Oh
0: man, that's I didn't know that. Is that how you met, Scott Carter? Because I know you guys are buddies. Ah, uh, we were racing against each
1: other, and so stuff. you do him. Yeah, I, I knew of him, but honestly, we probably weren't buddies by any means, and we got real tight and real good friends. Um, obviously, after racing all nationals and stuff together and traveling, you know, because we would. We were doing all the driving and working on all the bikes, and we were lacing wheels in Minnesota. To, um,
0: you yeah, it, was, it was just it was cool. That's awesome, man. So, so you didn't? You, did you quit your job at that point no, and I you just worked full time. it? No, I took all my
1: vacation time I could. There was parts I didn't get paid, and I, I came back from Sacramento, drove straight back, 53 hours, and then uh, worked the rest of the day really so i was working full-time in between
0: wow as so as well
1: as working and training
0: so in 97 that was the opener hangtown um it was actually down in um gainesville it was in gainesville, gainesville. yeah i yeah. remember yep yeah yep um and
1: i had off you know gainesville i definitely didn't do well that was like hard it was like concrete you know little, But that i did do the elevator but you
0: did no, that, was, that
1: was back when it was gnarly
0: yeah yeah i remember yeah, yeah it was gnarly yep that's that's awesome um, so you raced every night. I didn't know that. I thought no. you just did the local stuff. Okay. So you raced the whole I season. I did
1: Evan Walsh's everywhere. Okay. Did the Rocco's leap. Every big jump on the national. You jumped La
0: Rocco's leap? I awesome.
1: One of, uh, I think 11 guys that weekend to even do it. Really? Yeah. Do you remember, like, how many of them did you qualify for? I don't remember exactly. Um, um, I'd say probably about half or so. I mean, it was it was kind of a tough thing. You basically showed up, walked the track. You had two 15- or 20-minute practices, then you're right into racing. I mean, I made every, you know, they had all the pre-qualifying. I made every single, you know, I made it all past that and then probably about half the nationals. That's
0: wild. So this you this was Hondas. Were you still on Hondas? No, Cowies. I loved them. You were on Cowies. Yeah. Okay, 97 yeah. Cowie. Wow. I would have. Man, if I knew about you back then, I'd have been a fan. Those are my favorite motorcycles. Oh sneakers.
1: my. That the honestly, this I saw the look of it, the way they looked, and I liked the way they looked, and I went with them. Um, I had a guy who was and Precision Port and did the motors, and my bikes were absolutely rockets. They were they were, they pulled right from the basement. They were fast fast bikes, and they. um You could short shift them. And like I say, I was doing, I was doing uh, LaRocco's Leap and fourth gear, everything that 250 had.
0: That's awesome. That's badass, man. So, so you were racing 97 calories, which are my favorite bikes of all time. Um, so and you did the, the whole series. What was the name of the ride again? What was the name of the
1: um, the team? It was a, it wasn't really a name of a team, it was but it was um Josh Winchell,
0: his his dad owned a company called Will Fab, so I guess it was kinda through Will Fab. Yeah, like what so was did you have the like graphics on the side of the hollow you had or was it just nope. all painted one? No, nope, it was just
1: it was just whatever the factory um Southwind graphics were and then they matched it. So it was kinda like the trick deal back then. So Yeah. It it, it was a, a um a high point trailer, you know, back when fiberglass
0: trailers were a big deal and, and that was the way it was. That's awesome. So yeah. wow, man. So you were that's that's really cool. You were traveling the country and, and racing all the nationals. Um now I, did, how, I I did win a qualifier at um at high point in the mud. You won a qualifier? Yeah. Like yeah. the the pre qualifier no, or the I actual? won the qualifier. Really? Yeah. So who do you remember the kind of guys that were in it? Like, who who was who were you oh, up against? Well, it was the, all the same guys racing the main. I think I got a
1: 17th in the second moto.
0: Oh, you did? Okay, yes. so you
1: scored points. Did you ever, did you earn a national number in 97? I, you know, honestly, um, after, I missed it by one point that year, and I went back through, and I was looking through results, and the guy that was in front of me, because it was such a mutter, I actually beat, I think it was Mike Caton or something. And I actually beat him because he he boss was right ahead of me. So you would have you so would have so gotten yeah, a national. national. You should have had a I national. I should have had a
0: national. That's, That's wild, man. So, so he boss was racing in '97. Oh yeah. Wow. He goes way back. Bradshaw. Um, yeah, Bradshaw was on the Manchester Honda. Yeah. The, exactly. Yep. Year, yeah. 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 I this see this is when I'll start to know because this is when I actually started getting into racing. I, so I've actually seen most of these nationals. Yeah. Um. So. Was Supercross even a thought at this point, or was uh, it?
1: I mean, uh, I I did do Daytona a couple times. I did Tampa Supercross, actually pushing um, Kerry Hart qualifying in, in Tampa. Um, but it, that that's a whole other level, and not training on a Supercross track and suspension. I mean, that's yeah. a whole this, yeah, a know, whole new yeah. You, you go to Daytona, you start looking at the jumps, and you, it's not that the jumps, but the landing and and then where there's a you know you have to land and then jump again. It, it's definitely a touch intimidating the, the big jumps were not a problem you just need a big set of balls yeah to shift gears but when you have to start timing stuff and it's real tight and um you know especially like daytona i was training on snowmobile trails up here with studded tires and then i'd load up and go to florida and then race
0: race the super yeah you're not ready yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You,
1: you, you're relying on bumps from snowmobiles and then you're going and racing um at daytona so it's a bit of a that's wild. So was that '97? You raced Daytona? Uh, nope. That was '90. Oh, let me think of this. '98 and 2000. Okay. 2000 right. or 2000? 2000,
0: 2001. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So going into '98, where they, how did the kid do? That was that the team was formed around.
1: Um, he did so so. He didn't do any. Didn't make any mains. And then actually, I got offered that. Um, that ride again, but I got so burned out by, um, you know, between working full time, um, working on all my bikes and ch- you know, trying to train in between, I actually turned it down. Not that it wouldn't matter because he broke his leg real bad and he was done. That was the end of his career.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, was that at a national that he broke his leg or was it? Practicing? I don't even remember. I'm not, I don't remember that part. Okay. So you turned it, turned the ride down to 98. That was my next question to see if you got offered that again. You, you yeah. could have done it um you still did southwick in 98 yeah yeah. rogue cowies don't remember. uh that was a or
1: too made that in that was a mud race i don't remember exact results it was pretty it was coming down pretty hard yeah dur- during that yeah and i was racing stock
0: bikes i you know definitely strapped for cash and my bikes were stock okay there's everything gotcha all right so will you were you winning NESC local level at this point? Um, no, uh, actually, I was racing um, open expert
1: and expert, and I, I believe ninety eight. I'm on. I think I won two. I think I won both spring and fall open expert championships.
0: Oh, so you were winning titles? Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. So you were you were progressing, because um, I didn't ride one. I was
0: pretty much done on one twenty fives, for for the most part. Okay. All right. Um, so. Uh, now are you and Scott Carter best friends at this point? Because I know you guys got got real close at one yeah, point. Yeah, we're about to, Yeah, I mean, if I still see him, he's in Florida now. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, all. All good. So you traveling together to the races, or is it?
1: Well, that was just for that year, and then, um, you know, then uh, I was back in my box fan.
0: Okay. All right. Doing um, local stuff. Trey, before we get too carried away in the years here, Tracy, um, Scott's sister, told me to ask you. About driving a U-Haul truck <laughs> yeah. with Scotty. Oh yeah, that was '97. So we were uh,
1: <laughs> we were we went to Glamis Sand Dunes, and there was four of us. Stuff we, we would take the motor home and we would park at the campground where we would actually go to find a U-Haul. So if we're in Portland or wherever, you know, Oregon, or wherever we'd go find a U-Haul truck or a box box van. We're in Florida, so we'd rent it so we could drive around and practice. So we were going to Glamis Sand Dunes and, and we were ribbing him and giving him a bunch of crap while hitting, hitting one of the barrels. So we were giving him crap, giving him crap, and he's just quiet. And then all of a sudden we we're just going miles and miles down the road and he just rips a wheel and wails one. And it must have been full of sand. It it hit so hard. I thought it destroyed the front of it. <laughs> like like you're talking about like the,
0: the construction? You know, the big orange barrels? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: it wails on one of those things and then, uh, then he's like, hey, this thing's pulling to the right. And... Uh, it was, yeah, it was the right, right or the left, maybe the left. And, uh, and it actually, then you hear the explosion and the inside dually must have run over something over that thing and it blew the tire. So we didn't care. So we just kept driving. So we drove down to Glamis. We rode down to Glamis. It was so hot, hot it burned through your boots. It was it was the wrong time of year. There was no one else out there. Yeah. Everybody was smarter than us, but we didn't know. So like, this is like 105. Oh, yeah. It was like in May or something. Yeah. It, it was stupid. And and honestly, it was dangerous because, um you know, you get lost out there. So we, we took a billboard where we parked, and then we, we it was like a business-sized car. To, you know, that's as far as we rode out, and it's just endless sand. So we basically, we were racing Glen Helen, so then um, I remember Mikhail Pichon was trying to pass us and said, you have a flat in all French and stuff. It was pretty funny. But anyway, so we just, so when we returned it, it just had two little strips of rubber <laughs> with a <the> bead, <laughs> where the bead was, and the rest of the tire was gone. You could see the white from the rim. <laughs> did they say anything? Or did they oh, we just, it? oh, we just dropped that thing yeah, off. I don't, we had no idea. We dropped it off, and no one was close. Throw the key in there and hammer
0: down. That's funny. Mikhail Pichon, so... So was that uh, was that at the races? he saw you, or was he? Playing? Yeah, we were leaving Glen Helen. Okay, so we had to go there for uh, for tech,
1: I think. So instead of bringing everything, we just threw the bikes in the back of the in the back of the box, fam.
0: How was Glen? I mean, it's got to be crazy to go from New England to see these tracks for the first time. Glen Helen is insane. The you jumps know? were huge. It was hard pack and fast.
1: You know, I made it out of the L C Q, and I was pretty down on myself because it was. It, you know, it was, the jumps were huge. I mean, there was a jump on the front section that if you didn't make it, um, you were going like into a wall. It was, it was brutal. And honestly, during my qualifier, there was someone, someone had gotten hurt right there. So I was actually kind of glad, sad as it sounds, but I did not want to do it. It was, it was, you know, it was some big jumps. So you,
0: so you were, you didn't qualify, out of No, you? I did. Oh, you did? I did. But I you didn't did. want to jump
1: that jump. Yeah, I was pumped. Yeah, because it was it was scary. I mean, like, there was no room. Some of the jumps were just absolutely no... Like, the elevator at Gainesville, that was just no room for error. And if, if you did something wrong, I mean, you were done. You were
0: you were definitely in plaster. Yeah, track design was certainly different back then. They, uh, they almost didn't really know the right way to make tracks, yeah. and that's why it was so bad. I mean, you jumped this
1: huge, like, bowl almost, and then when you landed, there was no... Downside, you were landing uphill, and then you had one hundred and eighty degrees to go the opposite direction.
0: It was on the front section where the stands were at Glen Helen. I I don't remember. I'd have to watch the national. I've seen the ninety-seven Glen Helen National it, a couple it, times. I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, it was on the front. It was on the front by the grandstands. That's funny. That's funny. So, um, how old are you at this point? Go- going into ninety-eight. Oh, so born '74, 24 years old. 24. So are you still thinking that you you want to try to make a living at this, or is it starting to become at after '97 going into '98? Is it starting to become a little more of a of a just for fun deal?
1: Um, no, I was still full on. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I was still still putting it, all the money I made, everything going back into it, and and keep going. And um, yeah, I was making some money doing local stuff too, and contingency and whatnot in. Uh, in NESC. And then... Wasn't Cowie Contingency really good back then? Yeah, I think so. I think it was pretty solid. Yeah. And yeah. I was going through my buddy Tom trip down at Brockton Cycle Center. So, he was the best parts manager in the world. So, he was... he was, You know, that's where everything was coming from. He, I ordered so much stuff from him. Never one mistake the whole time. He was... Really? Yeah, I don't know how that guy's like more like a machine than a human. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a tough job. Oh, that's
0: tough. Yeah. Every
1: time. There was never, you know... What else? Yeah. What else? What else? When I call them up, what else? What else? I mean, Man, what were you doing for work at this time? I was working in Harvard, Massachusetts, on a horse farm. Okay, so I so was so
0: busting your ass all week, and then having to ride on the weekend train know, and do unload tractor trailer loads of hay to to mow
1: grass to help you know, do everything. Okay, all right. So so completely out of motorcycle industry, you know, not. You know, not working in it. Which is probably a good thing. It was the best thing. Yeah, yeah. If plus you're... it was physical. So no matter what, you know, I, yeah. and I took a challenge. You know, so if the guy was cocking off about the hay or something, I was definitely challenging him. You know, and you know, I was in incredible shape at that point. Too, yeah. So yeah. It was, it was kind of fun.
0: Yeah, that's that. That's actually a blessing. Um, I didn't know you ever rode cowies. I thought you were. I thought you were Hondas right through. Right through oh. the pro career. Well, so so moving into '99, I went to YZ400s. Okay, you did. You bought right into the four stroke yes. that that Because back then they didn't know if it was a good thing or not.
1: Yeah, there was a, there was a local guy that um, did well at um, at a computer company, and he wanted to get in, so he basically bought me bikes, and so pretty much from that point on, it w- it was solid, you know, as far as not outlaying as much money on bikes and buying them. But so I started with one um, YZ400, and then started riding it, and got another one. And uh, that year, I won another Open Expert Championship. I would have won two, but I broke my shoulder. I uh, was doing a jump in the sun at a practice track down um, Massachusetts. And the bike kicked me, and then it it, it, it pounded me pretty good, broke my shoulder blade. Oh, yeah, so that, that ended the season.
0: So you had enough of a points lead? Well, no, it was it still was spring and fall yeah, back then. Yeah. Okay, so you won spring. Actually, you... in 95,
1: I did do some arena cross, too, because I broke my shoulder in Albany, too. I forgot that.
0: At the end, of the NESC. Okay. SC. Oh, so you did. You did. Yeah. Like sorry. pro arena cross. Oh yeah. And this is back when arena cross was serious. Like Budman. Oh. Was Budman in yet? Oh. oh yeah. yeah. Him. Um. Yeah, um uh, who else was it?
1: Uh, uh, not, there was uh. Mike Jones. There was. Um. Uh, who was the guy? I tangled with? Was it Mitasevic? Was Was he doing? No. No. It was. Um. Jeremy Buell. Him and I tangled in, at that race. And um, I hit the deck. I broke. I smashed my collarbone, cracked my shoulder blade in three spots got knocked out. Yeah, that was that was a beauty. Jeez.
0: Okay. Spent, so you were doing arena crosses, too. Spent
1: yeah. the night in the hotel and then I got up the next morning, drove my van home and then went to the hospital. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah so I broke the other shoulder blade in ninety nine. Okay. Um, well, at least it was the other one. Yeah, <laughs> and that year um the guy I was riding for ended up buying carbon fiber works, a company out of Florida, so I started working there. Okay.
0: And and, and so in 2000. This guy was pretty much giving you, like, yeah, he full-on parts, bikes, everything. That's awesome. Yeah. So did he have a deal through Yamaha, or did he j- you just wanted to ride the four-stroke? Self- self-funded, thought it would be cool. And, um, you
1: know, and the only problem was is you needed to be able to bench press Cadillacs. I mean, in National, I made it in that year. I got tangled up in the first turn. I went from second to last to... Twentieth and three laps. Really? But then I dropped to anchor. Yeah, good bike, so heavy. Bike so and heavy. But I had speed. Vicious. I had mad speed, but I just didn't have the the
0: stamina yeah. for sure. So yeah, wow, that's that's wild. Wow. So, did you do just do Southwick in '99? Yes. I'm um, done.
1: Did I do Unadilla? Some of those. I, some of the years I did Unadilla, but I never made it there. I never did well at that track. I crashed and burned there. I'd, well, this is back when Unadillo was started out as a grass field, pretty much. And you grass field and the shale. I mean, it hurts so bad to ride there and how much bruising and cuts I had on. I hated that place.
0: Yeah. I still hate that you, place. Unadilla was bad back then. Yeah, it it's was better n- now. It's better. They added a bunch of dirt, but it's yeah. a shithole. Yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, so you were you were full on um, right into the 2000s. 2000, I went back to Honda's
1: okay and then two stroke
0: back to a two stroke they didn't have a 4 stroke
1: i guess i had two 125s two 250s okay from the same guy same through carbon fiber works and um those bikes were all done through there and i raced um some new england some nationals I, i i think honestly i think it was a little too easy for me so i probably lost some focus and that's when i was probably starting to burn out a little bit isn't liking that that range, I was definitely in 2000. I was definitely starting to burn
0: out. So, th- this is the year. So, you were doing, you did a supercross in 2000, you said, or was that 01? Uh-oh, 01, I guess. It okay. was 98 and 01. 98, I did Tampa and Tampa and Daytona. 01, I just did um, Daytona. Okay. All right. So, you were at this point, you were winning NESC local stuff? Um, No, still saying, I guess the range, I mean, still some good motos
1: and whatnot. But, I mean, you, yeah, I don't remember exact finishes and stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. Back then, was, it was just so hard to win NESC. Like, and then <laughs> then I think,
1: oh01 oh I got a team green ride. So I had, all my bikes and parts came from Cowie. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Okay. Yeah, that was all through Brockton. And then um, I think I got thirds in both classes in 125 and 250, expert in NESC. Okay. In championships. Yeah. Did you qualify for Southwick that year? I believe so. Yep. Okay. Awesome. What was your best finish at a national? 17th at uh, Mount Morris. Okay. yeah 16th or 17th.
0: What year was that? 97. Okay. Yep. 97. So you did better. You finished better at Mount Morris than Southwick. Was it just because Southwick is so brutal? You get tired, or,
1: or? um, I don't know. That was a mud race, and you know, for some odd reason, uh, if it
0: got muddy, I can I can ride in the mud. Yep. Yep. that was the race. Damon Bradshaw won a moto, didn't he? Correct. Yep. and everyone's like, Bradshaw's back. And then oh never, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. He he just, what was so Larry race. Ward was probably second. I think that race. I don't know. It's <laughs> insane to me that you raced that time period. It just lining up with those guys. Oh yeah, I'm old. Yeah, it's just legends, man. It, it's insane to me. I was I was watching it on TV at six or seven that years was, old. Yeah, that was Villeman and all those. Yeah, Villeman and yep. Alberton and all the world champions. Yep. Yep. What year was it? Didn't you have a altercation with Villeman at Southwick one year? What year was that? Oh, uh, that was, uh, I don't know. Did I? I don't know. It
1: might have been, I'm not sure, 99. Okay. Well, that, there was Villaman and then there was Roncada, 01, because we we're both, I was Team Green. He was Factory Cowie down at Race of Champions in Jersey. And I took him out on the star and he ended up in the hospital. Uh, no, on
0: Roncada? Really? <laughs> and that was yeah. like the height of
1: his, he was oh, yeah. really good at that Yeah, point. he went to the hospital. <laughs> That's Did you win, K Rock? I don't remember. No, I didn't win it. But that, I remember him going to the hospital. That's funny. Didn't look too good when I was Team Green
0: Rider taking out a factory rider. Yeah, the factory guy. Yeah. Oh well. Those were some sick looking bikes too. The Team Chevy trucks, cowies. Yeah. I thought those were cool. Um. So. Man, so you were you were going right through. So. O two, O three, O two was Cannondale. You wrote a Cannondale?
1: I tested for the factory.
0: You did not? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So it was you and
1: Keith. Keith, Keith uh, started that whole Keith Johnson? Yeah, he started that whole thing, and I was there to the end. I was on the other end of it.
0: I didn't know you did that. Yeah. Those all,
1: things were. All the factory settings that said all the suspension settings, the wood, the E's, the C's. The the MX bikes, I set all this, the the suspension with uh, Oleans, did all the testing.
0: That is wild. Did you have to race the thing?
1: Oh yeah, at, I at raced. National? I used to. Uh, not at national. and It wasn't homologated, so that that year sucked because I had to borrow a bike and the bike was awful. And uh, because I was racing big heavy Cannondales and yeah, and then borrowed a two stroke, it, it just didn't work out. Yeah, you know, just was not in tune. But I did. I used to race the bikes and the quads. Really? Yeah, I won, uh, I did an infield double at Southwick on a moto back when it was pretty big. <laughs> I raced the, uh, the, the um, ATV won the A-Class. Really? I won the A-Class. You just hopped on an ATV and won the A-Class? I won it, uh, the A-Class on a blaze, which was the woods version of it. So it was narrow and they got all <laughs> Did you all have pissed. headlights
0: and everything? Uh, yeah, there was lights on. It. <laughs> and bar busters. <laughs> Jumping the infield double with headlights on. That is funny. I didn't, I didn't know that at all, that you did the yeah. Candidale thing. So why did they grab New England guys to do it? Was there a reason behind that? Well, John
1: Harriman was the plant manager, and he was from New England. So he was, he was a mechanic for, like, Keith at one time, Johnson. He was um, Shane O'Connor. So he was from New England, so that we just – he kind of gravitated. And they were out of Pennsylvania, so, like, they just kind of gravitated. And my buddy Pete Collins had um, a shop in Worcester, so he – I originally, got a four wheeler and said, Hey, come, I got this four wheeler here. And he, you know, he didn't want to ride, so he goes, C- Come take this piece of shit. So I went and grabbed the four wheeler, and it was, um, it was a, a Cannondale Cannibal, it was the red one with a cable clutch. And I hammered the shit out of it. I hammered it, and I rode it like I don't know, 120 hours or something. And I pounded the shit out of like it. Like motocross riding? Oh, trails to moto to everything. I just hammered it. Like I, when I wanted to slow down, I just started pushing down on the, on the shift lever and running off the rev limiter. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So how did how did Cannondale approach you to to do the testing?
1: It just started with through the dealer, and then we started going down. Like they had dealer days, so we went down there riding. and We knew Harriman, and we just honestly, we it was at the point where we just walk in. The Cannondale walk full on into it like we own the place and there's assembly lines and everything and we just walked through the whole place and that's wild it, it would take you 20 minutes to walk around the whole building it was so big and they had a track on the side so we would you know during the Dior meetings we didn't want to listen to that crap so we'd go out there and ride and, and whatnot <laughs> and we, it was a good time that is how bad were those things they were great I thought they were good the, you the, liked it oh the four wheelers when I was ra- I was racing Winchester when that first came on they were racing quads and bikes and I was winning the pro class on bikes and quads I could beat everyone on the quad, come back down the starting line and beat everyone on the bike. Really?
0: So you yeah. like the the
1: bike too? You like the bike? Oh, yeah. Did you break it? Like, I mean, I've heard some horror stories from Keith Johnson about these things just imploding. I've uh, exploded a wheel, jumping over Tony DeRusso's head at Middleborough. Something went by my head and it was one of the spokes. Um, <laughs> the bike quit I was in second or third, right near the end of the motor in expert class. and. You know, we have to say that the bike uh, ran out of gas. Pete never put gas in it, but they, they it lost charging. They were pretty charging. secretive. They were secretive. Oh yeah, about yeah we, those were, we we were swept with it. It lost charging. Um, they they used the the crank. It was uh, machine wrong, so the crank position sensor would lose track of where the motor was. It would shut off just arbitrarily. It would just shut off. So you'd just be going a turn or something, and it would just die like someone hit the hit the kill button
0: man were you like did it get to the point you were scared to ride it like nah, jump stuff care. on it no nah, you, I don't care.
1: You, it, it started getting that was that was fairly short-lived that was on like an x yes, which was which was a made over mx400 um so and then the, the quad i mean that one moto i had was sucking oil in the airbox so when i landed off the jump it would go in the suspension suck through in a big cloud of smoke and stuff but <laughs> we just rerouted the uh, breather outside it had too much crank pressure and then put a motor in it and stuff, but yeah, that thing. I bet you I turned faster laps up there on the quad than the bike. I was triple. <laughs> I was doing the triple step downs, everything. And it. you had never really ridden a quad prior. Years. I mean, not. I've rode three wheelers right. all through the years, you know. Yeah. So in the winter time, in between all those years, in earlier, I was riding 350 X's, 200 X's, had a 250 R. You know, so in the winter time, I was riding that type of stuff. I mean, I could really anything in two wheels, the front up the gears, down the gears, the. deal so i I just got on the quad and it was literally like a supercross bike it was full-blown nerf bars small tires and it was it was friggin fast it had all the air to get and the bike was fast really yeah those quads were sick they were
0: uh they were badass huh so the quads were actually good because the bike bankrupted the company they they i don't know if they if they came out with it too early or felt pressure to come out with it, but it wasn't ready and and it never was 45 minutes. They decided to,
1: you know, number one bicycle manufacturer, probably, you know, Missy GOV, all that stuff, downhill team, all that stuff. And then they 45 minutes, they decided to make bikes. It was literally a 45 minute conversation. Really, That that was their testing and that was their analysis and everything. And then they decided to make um, motorcycles that's insane and it, it wasn't
0: ready and they right. had they had
1: a motor like a full motor that they started with and that bike was up on one of the one of the air you know on one of the um i don't know like something built up inside and then they just started with their own motor and it would last 20 seconds and then they get to last a minute and then and they eventually did an engine dyno and that started to help stuff but they were they were sourcing stuff out and parts would come in wrong, and then it would fail. But they had to keep shipping bikes to dealers so they could borrow more money. So it, oh, it, really? Oh, yeah. So, so they were just shipping They were shipping things. ship boxes that wouldn't run, but they had to. They had to ship it to, to show good debt so they could borrow more money.
0: Oh, man. That's bad.
1: Robin Peter to PayPal. Yeah. So it just kept going and going and going. And then they came out with a quad and started doing that. But the, the, the worst part with the bikes, it couldn't get any air with that reverse design. They just had a small air cleaner on the head tube and it couldn't get any air so it had no power okay so when they when they came out with the other bikes they started putting a second air cleaner underneath the fuel tank like in a triangle to to get more air in it they they found out when they ran it without an air cleaner at all it had way more power so that's what they actually even in the in the uh, x yes they did that too that's a second air cleaner on to get some power. That's why the quad had so much power because you need dead airspace for an, in, in an air box to make power. Right, you need a lot of volume of air, and that when they did that with the with the quad, the, I'm telling you, the quad was a rocket. Really, yeah. was the quad more reliable? Um, the chassis? No, no, it was the same. It was the same, same motor. So if they, yeah, so they, if it yeah. had inherent problems, but if you got a good one, you got a good one. Yeah, you know? And that it's so.
0: just such a. So if the tolerances were out or they were good, you know you wouldn't have those issues. That's that's so wild. That that whole time that was such a failed experience. I remember they were mm-hmm. pushing those bikes off in, in pro races. Oh yeah. Every moto. I don't know if they ever finished. more. because Keith Johnson was riding, and then they had another. Who was younger? Like, Jeff Gibson.
1: Oh, Jeff Gibson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, we and and those guys were just pushing <laughs> those things off the track every moto.
1: Yeah, Jeff Gibson was crying because he didn't want to ride it anymore.
0: Really? Literally
1: crying. Yeah, scared of it. Really.
0: Yeah. Well, I. I I can't fully blame them for being scared of it, man. Those things, you don't want a bike shutting off at a national, you know, off a jump. You know, It's but they were so far ahead of their time. They had aluminum frame. They had the backwards motor. They had electric fuel start. Injection. Fuel injection. They were just so far. This is all stuff. Yamaha's got the backwards motor. KTM's got the electric start. Well, everyone's got yeah, fuel injection. And now everyone's got fuel injection. But this was in 98,
1: right? No. Was it 98 that these came uh, out? No, uh, 98.
0: Nine. 99 yeah. and, and so they were like just 10 years too early, yeah. Um, man, so that that's why I did not know you were involved with that, yeah. Um, so now, did you you didn't race any nationals that year? Oh, wait, you said you borrowed a butt, you borrowed a two stroke, yeah. I didn't, I
1: did, I did not do uh anything that year. That was yeah, 02. Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: straight can am, I mean, not Canada, yeah, yeah. Um Okay, so O2, and then this is where you weren't as into it, right? Or were you still right full ahead? Um, Yeah, I saw them, and then like O3, I went to CRF
1: 450s, you know, Candale thing. They basically, actually, I almost had one of the bikes, too, when it when it shut down. Um, and then, um, like I said, yeah, then, then they went out of business. They shut the doors, and then O3... Uh, um, actually, when Keene Motorsports was a big deal, um, I got bikes out of there. So I was riding uh, CR450s and doing a lot of uh, Winchester. I was I won some championships there. Um, yeah, racing there.
0: Okay, all right. So I was going to ask you if you ended up with any cool Cannondale stuff from that.
1: No, I got to pull
0: over a couple things, yeah. some clothing, but yeah, nothing. You didn't much. have a
1: bike because I think Keith Johnson still has one of the bikes. Yeah, he mu- Yeah, he definitely could. Yeah, they didn't
0: keep track of stuff very well. No, no, <laughs> that was just what a what a weird. It's almost like somebody made a movie. It's not even like a realistic thing that 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 actually happened. Um, so jumping ahead, 06, that was your, This was would have been your last year doing nationals. Now this is pretty cool because I remember. Quint Beauvais out of Littleton built you a... Was he up in Littleton still back oh, then? Yeah. Yep. Okay. School Street 247. Yep, still is. <laughs> yep. Um. He built you a sick CRF 450 for the National, right? Yep. yep. I uh, I ran it
1: by. I was working on Parts Unlimited, and I ran it by everybody if it would be cool uh, thing to do, and, that, and that's what we did. So we, we so basically... So
0: kind of stood behind
1: you and yep. was like... And basically solicited vendors that that it was old stuff to and Moose and Pro Circuit and asked them if they wanted to get on board and they, they said yes. So they, you know, the parts of Limited Magazine, we did a, a three-issue building it and kind of showed the stages of it and, and Hinson and Renthal and, um, you know, a bunch of different companies, Explodine valves, and, you know, just a bunch of stuff and basically built a bike from the ground up, you know, bought a bike new in the crate, threw the book at it. Yeah, through the book, at, yeah. essentially through the book at it, and then factory connection did it, you know, nitrate fork tubes early oh, on. Oh, it had the full. Yeah, it's got nitrate. Okay. Coatings.
0: It, and you still have this bike. Yeah, it's in the garage. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. That is awesome. Man, so you, so Quint, you give the parts to
1: Quint. He builds the bike. Is that how it, Yeah, and, and I have practice bikes and stuff going. Yeah, I think I might have even had two other CRFs there. Yeah, so you know, whatever parts, yeah, I was working real
0: tight with them on stuff, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, you were a parts and limited rep at the time, so and this bike actually made it into Dirt Rider, which I remember seeing this in Dirt Rider. Yeah, it was, um, it was under Dream Rides. Yeah, yep, and I, it, it's it, it's pretty insane. So you did the national that year, and I, I don't think you qualified, right? Was no, that... I went down the qualifier. I was in qualifying spot and went down. Did they do time qualifying yet? No, sense? No, nope, still gate drops. Okay, all right. So you went down in the LCQ. Yes. It? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So that 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 was a cool bike. I mean, that thing must have been bitching. Was it? I mean. Yeah. It
1: was. It was fast. Yeah. Yeah. It, it um. It's only got maybe ten hours on it, ten or twelve hours, just sitting
0: in the garage. That's so cool. You still have it. Yeah.
1: No, I kept that. That's why I went back and found that Z50. So I have the first bike and basically the last national bike so i kept you know i, I kept those
0: yeah and you were kind of just over it at this point you were you know going in to the mid-2000s here you, were, you weren't you were just riding for fun because i remember yeah. you used to ride a jesse everleth track up in grokton that's yep. where i used to ride well i rode there after you yeah but i remember seeing you up there
1: yeah yeah no i was um i was pretty much done i was racing like in between there i was racing you know winchester um quite a bit and you know honestly it got to a point where um i was winning everything at winchester and i got to the point where people were were complaining about you know let someone else have a chance so i let i basically let the, i won 27 races in a row there and i got second Are you serious 27 yeah, wow. i got one guy that was complaining so i let the whole pack go i had my bike in neutral idling when the gate dropped i let everyone go around the first turn and then three laps ago i passed second place and won so it was Pretty much, you know, and I could just take my mind out of it. It was kind of getting stupid. Yeah, you were kind of done. I was done. I mean, I had lots of speed and everything else, and um, but yeah, I mean, I've done it, did it for so long, and it was just just got to a point where the sort of the 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 flame was flickering.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then so then you were you still dabbled in it up until this last year, right? I mean, yeah, you, I you mean, practiced. I had bikes out of y- I had bought
1: a new YZ250. I Actually, I did race one middle race in oh eight i believe what was it later or, or 10 or something i did one one race down there and i won that was the last time you raced yeah okay and you won
0: the expert class
1: um no that was 30 plus i believe is um what i did down there and i actually it was kind of funny because i actually won money and i kept the money it's sitting in the gun safe right now i, I refuse to spend it <laughs> really? it was my last winning the, the last
0: money you ever won <laughs> yeah this
1: is my last winning and, and, and i won both motos and honestly the you know i hadn't been to, at middle for since oh one so um and i just love that track i mean obviously it's a little special to make an expert there so yeah yeah absolutely
0: um well, that's cool, man. It it's cool to look into that era um, to kind of go back and because that's an era that's really special to me. That the the late '90s, early 2000s, to me is like motocross. When I think of dirt bikes, that's what the bikes look like the '90s, late '90s, early 2000s. So, cool to delve into that with you. Um, thanks for sitting down and doing this with me. Um, thanks for giving me a tour of your facilities here, man. This is I come off. I've known Ben for a number of years now. I, I he was my uh, my Parts Unlimited wrap, and then my uh, uh, WPS wrap, Western Power Sports wrap, and so I've known him for a while, and I've, I, I've, I've talked to you a little bit about, like, you've, you've let on, like, oh, my skid steer, or oh, my, my piece of property, or oh, my, my ice cream truck, and I, you know, I, I figured you had one or two things going on, but I come up here, and I'm stressed just looking at all your stuff. I don't know how you even keep it all straight. <laughs> well, I got some good
1: help. Uh, Carol actually, it's her. Her she does the ice cream truck, so that's her baby, and she that's her. Um, th- that that's her her thought and her brainstorm and kicking ass, and um, I like to do the the firewood and stuff and saw so some lumber, and that's kind of my exercise now. And it basically took all that all that energy I used to do racing training and doing that instead of ter- you know turning into an idiot and doing stupid stuff that I just turned that into um, doing these projects and my mind never stops. So maybe it's a brick oven pizza or something, but then it, it, my my fun part is the build. You know, I like to build all the stuff and build it and watch it and and design it. And basically I I do a lot of stuff, like I told you earlier, is based off of motos. So, you know, if you come, you know, a lot, so much motocross, you know, whether it's maintaining stuff or any of that, everything, my life so much is been learned from motocross then and um it's just kind of the way i live it
0: yeah it was that i was going to bring that up that was really interesting to me when you told me that it's really cool about motocross where you learned all these things like you said maintaining the bikes keeping spares having a practice but you oh. called your in your ice cream truck or carol's ice cream truck you, you called one the practice machine and one uh, the race, race machine. machine that's how it is he's it, got you got two identical uh machines there to, for doing the ice cream so yeah living your yeah, life that way chainsaws you can't have one you gotta have multiple yeah, you've got like 12 yeah exactly uh, <laughs> so yeah it, it's it, it's a, it's interesting how motocross shapes your life i mean you're you're done racing now but yeah uh, you still it's always have there it in you yeah it's always there it never is. goes it is absolutely uh, well cool man uh nice to catch up with you and it, it's it's fun sitting down and doing the show with you um cool to see everything you've got going on here and uh um I, I i appreciate you sharing some stuff about what i believe to be kind of the golden and everyone has their own golden era of motocross if older guys are listening to this you're laughing at me for saying that the golden era is the late 90s but to me that's that's what it represents for me um so yeah this, this has been cool um man thanks for coming on man
1: no i appreciate it and uh
0: thank you yeah heck yeah so we're going to close here with Aaron Cronin's new single. Um, if he gets it to me in time, we're going to close to it. So um, everyone keep listening. Take a listen to this deal. And if you like it, go give it a listen on SoundCloud. Um, like I said, if you guys have any questions, any uh, feedback, any any suggestions, uh, go hit me up at New England Moto on Instagram. Um, at the underscore real 553 is, is my personal Instagram. Um, ben at BASAF. Um, so... Yeah, this is this has been fun. Thanks everyone for coming along for the ride
2: Harley home, I've been searching for a better way. White knuckles, I've been holding on for better days. I know my family prayer, I thank you for the love. Angels in the sky give me guidance from above. Like oh, I know if I don't go back home, I will be on my own. Yeah, I know, yeah I know. Stressing got my head And Lord, please. I've been patient waiting for a day when I can go and get what's coming. Later awake and chase my dreams, but it seems they're running from me. Should I do the things I love or obey the ones who love me? Like. Oh i leaving behind tonight Cause I don't wanna,
3: I don't wanna stay, no I'm leaving it behind
2: tonight
3: I won't go back, I'll be fine I'm done wasting all my time I can't take it I'm leaving it behind tonight Got me singing like, oh
2: I see blue skies with no clouds in sight, so that's mine. Headlines with my name in mind, it's about time. New heights, fill visions, and they insights, so let's climb. Limelight's that mission, so I'll fight till it's mine. Uh okay okay talk is cheap but just watch i promise god i'ma do it like a man of the cloth and i'll sacrifice what i have to just like the man on the cross i found direction progressing up from a boy who's been lost uh i cleared my head started taking deeper breaths brought my soul back from the brink i see what that preacher meant still fending off all that prozac no more nights with eyes rolled back i walk tight lines i got no slack and y'all know that i won't hold back like oh
3: I'm leaving it behind tonight
2: Cause I don't wanna,
3: I don't wanna say no I'm leaving it behind
2: tonight I
3: won't go back, I'll be fine I'm done wasting all my time I can't take it I'm leaving it behind tonight Got me singing like, oh
2: I'm leaving it, I'm leaving it all behind Leaving it, I'm leaving it behind You got problems in your past trying to hold you back You got people on your ass trying to hold you back You know the pressure won't last, it can't hold you back I know I'm leaving it all
3: behind I'm leaving it behind tonight Cause I don't wanna, I I don't wanna wanna say no. no I'm leaving it behind, I won't go back, I'll be fine I'm I'm done done wasting all my time, I can't take it it. I'm leaving it behind tonight, got me singing like oh. oh